0: Money FM 89.3, best of weekends.
1: The story of a young citizen journalist, Jang Zan, a 37 year old former lawyer uh, who has been. Uh, under arrest and, and trying to avoid uh, her four-year prison sentence for reporting on the coronavirus outbreak. Joining us now to talk about it, Remy Innocencio, the CBS News Asia correspondent, and Grace Chi, the CBS News China producer. Uh, both are joining us in China. Good morning, Remy. Good morning, Grace.
0: Hi, uh, good morning, Glenn.
1: Let's move on to this story. Uh, Such an important story. And I know both of you have worked uh, really, really hard on this uh, to to get this story right and to understand all the the nuance and and the facts behind it. Uh, Rami, if you wouldn't mind, maybe just start out by giving us the overview of this uh, citizen journalist, Zhang Zhan, and uh, and what she did to get her in the position she's in.
0: Sure. So Zhang Zhan, 37 years old, uh, she is a former lawyer uh, turned Chinese citizen journalist, and she sort of rose to, I guess, fame, some might say infamy with regards to what happened in Wuhan. So basically, she went to Wuhan, she traveled to Wuhan, and she started documenting what was happening there about a year ago, really. After the first reports came out about a then unnamed virus, uh, she started posting videos and telling China, telling the world what was happening. And the interesting thing, Glenn, actually, is that a lot of people were super interested and super supportive of her uh, as she was sharing what was going on. There was, of course, so much uh, interest, curiosity, of course, rising fear what was happening in Wuhan. But then she started to criticize the government's um, strategy for containment. And as we know, that was unprecedented, historic. Uh, Wuhan uh, went into lockdown for 76 days uh, starting on uh, January 23. And uh, after that, um, some people said that that was draconian. And uh, she got in trouble for that. And, uh, you know, myself, uh, Grace, our asia uh, bureau chief Warren Strink and our cameraman Brad Simpson. We were all there just a uh, one day, actually one night, right, Grace, before uh, the lockdown. Yeah, the night before the lockdown, uh, we left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, hmm. we could see the 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 clampdown, the vibe already starting to settle in what, right when we were leaving.
1: Yeah, and Grace, uh, maybe you can give some insight from the, from the the domestic side. What were people saying and thinking and feeling about her posts that she was making before she was detained?
2: Uh, a lot of people were uh, very fond of her work. Um, she posted a lot of videos on uh, WeChat, on um, Weibo, like these are like Chinese, like Twitter, like platforms, um, social media, and uh, as well as uh, on YouTube. So people really liked the videos because they really showed what was actually happening in Wuhan. And uh, a lot of like Wuhan citizens they were very supportive of her work as well because it really showed what some, some of them were like suffering. Um, during the lockdown as well, and some uh, couldn't get to the hospital or some couldn't get food mm. so uh, that was kind of the mainstream of opinions I would say.
1: Yeah, and then uh, soon after she was, she was detained and she, she has been detained, is that correct Remy? still in, still in uh, being detained
2: uh, Yes she, yeah she's, uh, she's actually in prison yep. I would say yep. uh, still in detention, detention center at the moment, but she will go to prison
1: soon. Yeah. And and from what I understand from your reporting, she is being force fed right now. She was on a hunger strike. Is that still current?
2: Right. Her, her case actually is closed. So she's been sentenced for uh, four years in prison and she is still on hunger strike or at least semi hunger strike because uh, she she's still refusing to eat food. Uh, but before she was like on full hunger strike, which she, she wouldn't eat anything. Mm-hmm. And the authority had to had to they had to like just force feed her. Uh, through like a tube and you know just in, insert some like fluid in her but now uh, she's eating from her lawyer uh jungkook she is actually eating a little bit food or maybe a, a little bit snacks these days yeah uh, so they kind of semi hunger strike but uh, she said she's gonna go on hunger strike continue to be on hunger strike until she's released
1: yeah. We're we're talking right now with Grace Chi, the CBS News China producer, and Remy Innocencio, the CBS News Asia correspondent. Grace, as you just mentioned, you talked to her lawyer and you've you've talked to other people. The case is uh, as I understand it have been closed, meaning I guess it's done, but is there any hope for any sort her. of reprieve or or uh, any further legal action that can be taken by her lawyer?
2: Actually, basically John Zhang gave up appealing for this case, so that's why we say uh, her case is done, it's finished, because she gave up on the hope to seek any justice from uh, Chinese uh, legal system. She doesn't think she's gonna get anything out of it, and also one of the small, maybe a small reason, per her lawyer, Zhang Geke, she was kind of hinted at the detention center from the staff that if she goes on appeal, and she could get uh, worse punishment, so uh, she totally gave up yeah she totally gave up on the appeal uh,
1: from what you guys have been able to uncover and report and see is the what is the chinese government saying have they come out with any statements about her no and and would you would you based on other cases that you've seen in the past would you expect would you expect anything or just yes
2: that's kind of normal yeah right
1: yeah, yeah. And looking forward, well, yeah, I know this is a look into your crystal ball question, but would we expect to have any kind of update on her, on her physical thing? Uh, is anyone, you know, the United Nations, anybody looking into or, or pressing for information about her physical well-being and the state of this uh, hunger strike that she's been on? I understand her hands are restrained, et cetera, et cetera, during this while her feeding tube is in, in her. What would we know about somebody that might be able to reach out and try to verify what's going on with her
2: with her situation right now currently the the lawyer wouldn't have any access to her anymore and for the lawyer uh, no one is allowed to visit her at the moment Mm. and uh, regarding to what you just said like international support or just like support in general i know the 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 u.n and uh, u.s government and eu they also voiced out concern calling on her release but that's basically as far as we um, how how the case goes, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We're not sure how she's going to hold up in, in prison. Yeah. Uh, she still has uh, three more years to go.
1: Yeah, so
2: I- it doesn't uh, doesn't really look
1: optimistic where do we go from here with her case with with no access to her her lawyer's not going to appeal and and no no word really on what her latest condition is Is there is there any logical next step in the covering of this story
0: you know the the logical next step is Continuing to monitor what happens to Jung Jun in detention and eventually when she gets remanded officially to prison. Yeah. Basically, her physical state and her mental state, uh, Grace may have already uh, mentioned this, but she has been on a hunger strike since last summer. Right, right. And uh, Jungkook, her lawyer, said that uh, uh, she intends to continue that. Now, she has had um, feeding tubes forced down her throat to make sure that that uh, uh, doesn't affect or minimally affects her health. But, you know, she's already lost I think, uh, more than 44 pounds, uh, mm-hmm. during her hunger strike. So uh, continuing on for four years, can someone, can a body, uh, handle that kind of stress? Mm-hmm. Um, one of her other lawyers her other lawyer said that, uh, 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 she thinks that she will die in prison. That was a quote, uh, uh, when he spoke to CBS News, when he spoke to Grace Chee um, back in December. So, I mean, her lawyers saying that. Um, the logical conclusion, the unfortunate conclusion, is just to monitor to make sure that Zhang John Zhan still remains alive.
1: Yeah, and I know various uh, journalist organizations and, and, and other countries around the world have have weighed in on this and, and sent petitions to the Chinese government um, uh, to no avail at this point anyway. Uh, and, and with the WHO in, in Wuhan, in China right now, uh, is, that, is that a good thing, sh- shedding some light on the, the general scenario? Does that, does that help her or does it not make a difference from what you've seen in your reporting?
0: Uh, from what we're seeing, I don't think it really makes a difference on her own situation. I think the the world's attention now is focused on trying to get um, clues to what the origin of COVID is. Yeah. And for for the worse, I'll say, um, mm-hmm. Zhang Zhan's story has taken a backseat. Um, you know, it, being in journalism uh, for for so long, we know that uh, the the big flashy thing is what gets the headlines. Sure. And so that's why I appreciate That's why we appreciate so much that uh, you've asked us to come on the show to talk about Zhang Zhan and uh, her other uh, uh, Chinese citizen journalists who are also in detention. But uh, with the WHO, just very quickly on that, it's good that they're here. It's good that we're talking about them, but it's just, you know, the first few weeks of what could be years to find the origin of COVID. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of attacks against the WHO saying, why do it a year later? There has been reasonable argument that they couldn't come in earlier. One for politics two because there was a pandemic happening. This is what, uh, yeah. for example, uh, one of the WHO experts, Peter Dajak told us they couldn't come in. They couldn't hunt for clues when people were basically dying. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're looking at to see, um, uh, what happens with the WHO they're here at least through February 11th. That's one day before Chinese New right. year, the year the ox starts. Sure. They said that they don't have very much time to do this. And they've said, listen, No big breakthroughs here, guys. Hold on. It's going to be a long haul.
1: Yeah. As you mentioned at the top of the show, um, you guys have been in Wuhan quite a lot. What's the mood there Uh, when you when you walk on and you try to report on the story? Obviously, people know you guys are there. You're not hiding or anything. Uh, What's the mood like in Wuhan now? Uh, Today, I believe, is the the first anniversary of the death of that optician who really was who they call the whistleblower doctor, who who really kind of started talking about this. Yeah. And, And how are people feeling now? Are they are they? happier that or happy that it's under control or wh- what's the mood
2: from what we saw in Wuhan basically everything is kind of back to normal except for people still wear masks on the street or when they go to public places like life is back to normal uh, people are happy and actually last time we were there we actually shot a lot of um, Wuhan citizen, and they were like swimming in, in the Yangtze River uh, winter swimmers mm. so that's like a sign of you know people getting back to uh normal life and you know uh set on on a saturday night you can go to a nightclub and there will be a lot of people there dancing mm-hmm. so yeah that's, that's that's basically what's going on and we actually asked a lot of people uh when we're doing our shows uh, to ask them like you know how, how you feel about the lockdown and how you feel now and how how do you feel but there's an exhibition going on and to document this whole pandemic and then what happened in Wuhan and as well in China and how the government has been responding to it. So people are very positive about how the government handled handled the whole thing. And I would say most people are pretty happy about their life right now.
1: What, what are we expecting for the, the annual mass migration? Last year it was almost completely shut down for the Lunar New Year celebrations. Everybody travels home, millions and millions of people on the road, uh, or I should say probably hundreds of millions of people on the road. Uh, have there been any government uh, rulings on that this year about people staying put, or what, what's going on with that? Sure. Well, uh, first off... The Chinese off, government... Yep, yep, yep. Right. Sure, go ahead, Grace. Uh,
2: so the Chinese government uh, has this... Uh, it's not a policy that everybody has, has to, you know, enforce, but uh, they do uh, encourage people to not travel, to stay where you, the city where you work at and to minimize the, the traveling during Chinese New Year. And also there's a policy like if you go back to your hometown and you have to do COVID tests uh, maybe like two times or like before you go and uh, as you get home and then at the same time when you get back and you still have to do COVID test to return to the city you work at. So with all these... Um, rules going on a lot of people they feel like it, it's a habit to go home and at the same time it's safer to stay at where, where you work and they just choose, choose to stay so there will be fewer people traveling this year during the holiday mm-hmm. and at the same time like there are cities that they're giving out people cash literally cash to to encourage them to not to go home like, if you don't go home then you get like a thousand RMB in hand so um, it's, it's, it's kind of positive for, for them to stay.
1: Yeah, that's um, uh, I know it's always a big challenge when uh, when people start getting on the road because it's just such a crush and, and and packed train carriages and buses and all so uh we will we will see what happens with that. Uh Ramy, last I saw yesterday the the there was a Bloomberg report on uh they were expecting it would take perhaps up to five years for China to get up to 75% vaccinations. Uh, Is that that a number that you're hearing? And what do we know about the current pace of vaccinations in China uh, going across the population?
0: Sure. I can't speak to that number, that 75% number. Of course, that's a very good and lofty goal that China has put out there. Um, One great thing about living here in China during this COVID pandemic and Grace and anyone here can attest to is that we're seeing this pandemic rage across so many other countries, but life is pretty normal here for us. And I say that not so much with happiness, but just with the reality, you know, people are going to restaurants, people are going to bars, people are traveling, as you were just talking about with Grace. Um, It's not a whole lockdown here. Um, so with regard to the vaccines, though, those are being rolled out. I have a couple friends, for example, who have gotten them. But for me, it's only uh, anecdotal to uh, whether those numbers can really be hit. A lot of people have said, um, without naming names, that they actually don't really trust the vaccine here. But, you know, that's also a similar story around the world. For example, you know, being an American, watching the news over there, a lot of people there don't trust the vaccines also. And we're getting different um levels of efficacy. For example, a Brazilian study for one of the Chinese vaccines has come out with um, 50% efficacy. But, you know, it it ranges. Uh, Grace, why don't I let you chime in as well on on that number?
2: Sorry, I haven't seen the latest uh, number, um, how many people have been injected uh, with with the vaccine. Uh, Last time I saw it was like 30 million people. Uh, So there's probably more like, I think maybe like 15 million or something. Uh, I need to check on that. But uh, yeah, people are quite eager to get vaccinated they do mm. trust chinese vaccine uh from what i know like you know people around me or just from the news report um people are uh, lining up to try to get vaccinated
1: I, I saw somewhere that there's something like a million vaccinations happening a day does that does that sound right
2: maybe that's the capacity i'm not not yeah. sure actually
1: yeah Okay, Uh, sorry. These are just numbers that I I saw in this Bloomberg report. And I was just wondering if that is ringing true. I know we don't necessarily know exact uh, figures and facts, but uh, uh, fascinating in any case. And and just finally, one question, Rami and and Grace, as you look at so many stories that can be covered about this topic in China, where do you think the story moves next? Is it the ongoing vaccination process? Is it, uh, you know, trying to find the cause? What is the biggest next story out there? Without giving away any of your scoops, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking ahead, you know, I, I think it's more the, more the long haul story from here on out. Once the, once the WHO picks up and leaves out of China, the COVID origin story, according to WHO experts who I spoke with, one said it could be two years that we might know the origin. Another expert said it might be more than 40 years and counting if we look at Ebola. Wow. Uh, SARS, for example, that happened, of course, in 2003, that took about four-ish years to find the origin of COVID. But there's a chance that we might never know it all. So I, 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 I'm the kind of person who wishes that we could answer questions quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. But when it comes to COVID in here in China, uh, I don't think we're going to get quick answers. And of course, Critics have leveled the transparency issues with the government. Uh, with the WHO being here, uh, they've said, you know, what if they don't get all the access or all the data uh, that they need, that they want? With that said, the WHO experts have been saying that they're happy with what they are seeing. We have been told, though, that uh, from the World Health Organization themselves, that none of the experts here will give any uh, in person or face to face briefings or interviews while they're here. Mm. Not exactly sure why there might be an issue of, you know, uh, health security to make sure that there's no potential spread, even though they've done two weeks quarantine, you know, China is the country where there is uh, control. I guess that's the best and appropriate word to say uh, with regards to information. So as much as the government can, uh, they may try to say, okay, while they're here, don't say don't say anything. But once they're out. Uh, then they might be able to be free just a little bit more.
1: Right. We might find out a little bit more of the story. Awesome uh, reporting. Thanks, guys, so much for all the great stories you're doing. Uh, Grace Chi, the CBS News China producer, and Remy Inocencio, the CBS News Asia correspondent. Really appreciate your time today and look forward to having you on again as, uh, as more interesting stories come our way.
0: Thank you, Glenn, for having us and for shedding light on this story.
1: Thank you for having us. You bet. Thank you, guys.
2: Have a good Sunday.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.